on Halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from Fortiegos.com. He's looking like a sparkly little dude today. He's looking very sparkly, shiny. Sparkly. You're looking sparkly today. Yeah. Yeah, you look at this little glimmer yeah. in your eye. Yeah. You're, you're mischievous almost, I reckon, Carlos. Yeah. Well, all the sparkles on this last day. Obviously, the last football segment under the, the halftime. The halftime banner. Yes, I know. It's a sad time. And maybe the sparkles are tears. Maybe that's what they are. Maybe that's, I've mistaken uh, them. Yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah, because I'm really sad. About, but anyway, we, we, can, we can shed tears later. I've got the white hanky here. Well, yeah, because the white hanky, you know, with the, in the burn about, that means I'm calling for someone sacking. No, but the white hanky, because the white hanky is really for the tears. Oh, right. Of oh. course, during the ad breaks, because I'm too professional to be doing it That's beforehand. That's right. So. You've been very strong so far. <laughs> You've been very, very strong, Carlos. And plenty going on. We need to get to a fair bit today, because mm. big day for the FFA today, Carlos. Yes, uh, apparently they're, they're meeting the active, the representatives of the active support groups. And by the way, uh, before we get on to that, David Gallup sends his thanks and gratitude to, to Dustin Martin, <laughs> because suddenly all the media is off him and on uh, young Dustin, and we've got to sort that one out. But uh, he's very thankful for that. It's amazing how the, it's funny the, how it works, the media it? turns for the next uh, more salacious type uh, story. Yep. But, uh, sure. but of course, they're meeting, FFA are meeting, uh, and more specifically, I think David Gallup, uh, Stephen Lowy, the chairman of the Football uh, Federation Australia, and I believe Damien Bowen might be coming in and out of meetings there uh, with the active support group and also the, right. the, the, another meeting with the chairman of, the, of all the clubs. So, yes. so very Stephen interesting Lowy's time. Got- uh, the chairman hasn't he, and then David Gallup's got the active support. Probably, group. yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably Steve doesn't need to go into the active support group. I'm just visualising active support support group meeting though, half uh, with all of them up one end chanting their negotiations <laughs> and their demands, and David Gallup up the other end. Uh, probably pointing back with Damien DeBowen, but uh, it'll be very interesting to see. With middle finger. Raised. I would love to have a camera in there, for behind the scenes camera. Fly on the wall to see what's going on in that meeting. It would be fascinating, that, that discussion with Gallup and the uh, active supporter leaders, Carlos. And, uh, and Kent Jones was talking about this before, and there's Michael Lynch wrote about this in the H today as well. That There's going to have to be some compromise, some give mm. from both combatants, if you like, in this discussion. The, the FFA and the active supporter groups, they're both going to have to give something. Mm. It's just a matter of whether or not they're happy to give and whether or not they can come up with an outcome that is pleasing for all. Well, I suppose the... the there's a number of grievances that the uh, that the fans have got, and the one that's really blown up since the Rebecca Wilson article over the last couple of weeks has been uh, the you know the transparency around the banning uh, you know of, of fans from from games and also the appeals process that uh, that follows that. Yep. And uh, that's something that we all know about. But uh, in in Lynch's article, he did mention, are they asking for more? You know, what else are they asking for? And uh, there is a suggestion. I'm not sure where Lynch got the information from, but there is a suggestion that they might be calling for the heads of David Gallup and also Damien DeBowen. Now, um, you know, for me, if they're calling for that... That wouldn't be outrageous either, just by the way. uh, No, but but surely that it's not the fans that will be demanding the heads. It's got to be the processes of the FFA and whoever makes decisions about hiring and firing there. The chairman might have a say on that too. Absolutely. I mean, I hope... Hopefully, hopefully they're assessing performance. They'll make decisions based not on what the what the fans are calling for. So I'm really, I'd be really disappointed if that's something on the table that they're demanding. Uh, you know, and and they continue their walkouts on the back of the fact that you know David Gallup and uh, and Damien Debowen 
you know, get sacked. So, well, uh, fans have no say in sacking. Absolutely, yeah. That's ridiculous. If they if they start bringing that stuff up, it's ridiculous. You walk out the room. Yep. But if it's about the appeals process, and also maybe you know the way they def- you know maybe FFA defend the game at times. I think that that was a thing that really got to me when uh, with the Rebecca Wilson and a couple of other things, Alan Jones' comment and uh, you know. Our friendly blo- uh, blogger from um, from Herald Sun, uh, Susie O'Brien. Susie, yeah, uh, yeah. All those, all those. Uh, you know, I-, I felt that the FFA could have come out stronger and defended the game a bit stronger on those ridiculous accusations They've that they were making. Month. They've had a really bad yeah, month. Yeah, FFA. Absolutely. So, but the question I also ask on this one is: uh, You said that both parties have got to give a little bit. Yep. Well, from a fan's point of view, half. You know, I want to know what the fans are doing about self policing, because obviously. No one denies that there have been issues at times over the last 10 years of the A-League, 11 years of the A-League. And, uh, and it, with the zero-tolerance approach, some people have been banned. Yep. Now, obviously, there are some people who feel aggrieved about being banned. They might not have been there. They might not have done what uh, they're, they're purported to have done. And uh, suddenly, they, they want their appeals process. But when you're dealing with a group, and I've seen this in England, when you're dealing with crowds and, and, and people in stadiums and security obviously are outnumbered by this crowd, you're not always going to be able to know who did what. And the best way of finding out is for the crowds themselves and the active support themselves self-policing and actually, you know, and passing on information and, and, not, and not tolerating uh, things that go beyond what the charter of that active group is. Mm. And uh, that's something that I, I point the finger at the active support groups. What are you doing about self-policing and how formalised should this be? Well, we've seen in recent uh, years, Carlos, through, well, certainly in the AFL and the cricket that I've seen through the MCG particularly, but also it has stayed in this antisocial uh, behaviour reporting for the number you SMS or you text a message to this number, wherever it is, whatever, not sure what the number is, but whatever it is in any given venue, and that's a form of mm. policing the, the behaviour in the crowd. And it seems to be catching on. People are doing it. They're using that opportunity to, to get imbeciles away from them mm. and hopefully out of the, the game altogether, out of the, the venue altogether, because it does nothing for the contest as a spectator to be surrounded by imbeciles. Yep. Uh, so that's been taken up by... By the AFL and, and cricket, I know. Is it is that in, initiated by the A League oh, as well? Oh, they, look, they I know there's, I know there's, there's a text number at, at grounds. Yeah. Any antisocial behaviour, text this number. But I think, given the uniqueness of you know the mob, the mob chanting, the mob jumping, the mob move, which is spectacular if you're there and colourful if you're not used to that sort of stuff, and it's good for the game. Uh, given that that whole mob sort of uh, almost collective movement and, and chanting all the time. Yeah. You almost got to go a step further and formalise what this self policing is, and actually almost educate the uh, the the active groups or the leaders of the active groups that that's part of their responsibility too. And what are they doing about it? So I don't. And if it's on, and if it's not taken care of, it's their heads. Uh, yeah. Well, so, well what, I'm not sure what the repercussions would be if they don't, you know, buy into this. But I've seen it work in England. You know, I'm a West Ham fan. I go yes. to the bowling ground whenever I get there, and I've seen. I mean, this is this this ground, that club. Their supporters are notorious over the years with the way they conduct themselves outside the ground and in. But inside the ground, I've seen 
fans, you know, basically, you know, point out people who are either homophobic or, you know, uh, overly um, colourful with their swearing and their, their their language in front of other kids and, and families. Yep. I've seen them point them out to security, and security's come out and marched these guys out. So, I mean, uh, you know, I know there's it's not a strain to dob people in or whatever, but this is beyond what we're talking about. We this still is, have community standards. Yeah, there is community standards, standards, and I know a lot of people who go to the football – uh, there's a, some unsavory things that happen. We've heard even talk back on this show when there's moments where they want to have be able to say to someone, "Listen, this is not good enough. Uh, this behaviour is not good enough. It doesn't make my time here comfortable or enjoyable. So let's do something about it." And I think the fans are in the best position to do that. And I think there should be a formalised way of doing, it, especially those people who want to remain anonymous. Yep, uh, teachers. And I've got a bit of a theory that I would like to see happen. I don't know if it will. I'll let you know about that very, very shortly. Steve's in Deer Park. Further deal discussion. G'day, Steve. G'day, fellas. You've been using the term zero tolerance a bit, which is is not true with the FFA. There's flares going off nearly every game, and the match continues. If they stop the match, abandon the match whenever a flare went off, one, I'd take my kids, because I'm not going to take my kids to a a, uh, sporting event where flares go off and they keep playing. It's just ridiculous. If they stop that, people would start getting dobbed in. Flares would stop going off. And uh, behaviour would improve, but you know, to have a um, a sporting event where people are screaming and and making threats and throwing off flares and just continuing on as that's okay is ridiculous. The FFA's got to get their head red. No, Steve. I mean, you're actually um, you're actually you know raising a point that I've heard before. Um, look, that's up to the FFA and up to the the fan groups of whether that's something that they would want to consider. For me, you might get people letting off flares so the game can be stopped. Especially if uh, if the, if the team's losing or what you know whatever may whatever the reason they may have whatever warped reason they may have so uh, you've got to be careful with uh, maybe stopping the game but certainly I think there should be a real focus especially with the CCTV these days people around the the perpetrator um, really there's got with so many people in those areas you'll be able to, you should be able to the groups themselves should be able to point out who it is and report them appropriately. Nice work from you, Steve. Stay on the line. What, what about this, Carlos? This is an outstanding prize. I haven't seen this before. A can of Volvo Life Paint. Now, Volvo Life Paint is a unique reflective safety spray. Invisible by daylight. It shines brightly in the glare of car headlights, making the invisible visible. It's about safety over Christmas and New Year's. Our good friends at Volvo are helping out. So you get a can of that, which I'm keen to investigate a bit <laughs> of this action. And you want two Bataki Christmas hams as well, available from Coles, Woolworths and all IGAs. Steve, stay on the line. We'll get your details. Ross is in Heidelberg West. G'day, Ross. Hey, hey guys. Um, just about you know the, 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 the crowds and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've been going to the game basically halfway through last year and this year. I'm still a member and do all that stuff. I had an incident where a flare got lit off, and this is a post process. I could have been caught up in that and been banned because what happened was a kid next to me lit off a flare and then he ran off. I moved away. A, cop, a police officer comes up to me, tells, grabs me up. Well, I've kind of pushed him in a small way. <laughs> I said, listen, mate, I'm not some 18-year-old kid. I'm 42 years old, I said, and you're, I'm not moving nowhere, man. You better go and get a couple of your other boys and you can then pull me out. And he looked at me and he said, all right, cool, and walked away. Now, if I was a younger kid, he would have dragged that kid away. And if I didn't stand up for myself, he would have dragged that kid away. He probably would have been on, on some band registry and he would have been part of 180 or so people banned. And that, from that point onwards, I said to myself, nah. I don't mean put in that position, and I'm so glad the fans actually started 
I mean, they do go to the game and then they leave, which is better than I suppose what I'm doing. But I just thought to myself, enough is enough. Also, another time I got pulled out because I had my hands in my pocket and that's all I, I, I was da- taking drugs. I mean, it's, it, it, and then I was like, that's it for me. I'm done. I'm going to watch it on Fox. I'm going to sing. And until they sort stuff out, they're going to go back. Because I don't want to be put in a position where I get banned because some kid lets a, fa- a, a flare off and I'm stuck there, you know, trying to defend myself and there's no process to, to defend myself in a situation where I get banned. All the more reason, Ross, that, uh, you know, if it wasn't you and there was a mistaken identity that the other people around you should have been pointing out that that kid did what he did. This is what I'm saying. Like, there's mistaken identities for what I want to get uh, in that 198 that have been banned, uh, but no one is turning around and saying, okay, it wasn't this guy, it was this guy. Uh, and for me, that's what needs to happen. Ross, down the line, you love, you may not love going to the A-League anymore, but you love going to see, thanks to All Over Bins and the Deakin Melbourne Boomers, double pass it in the fully catered All Over Bins corporate box this Saturday night. Watch the Deakin Melbourne Boomers take on the Canberra Capitals at the State Basketball Centre. You will love that. Fully catered, did I mention that? That's outstanding. Roscoe, going to enjoy that sporting uh, event at the State Basketball Centre. My radical idea, Carlos, is coming up after the break. I love your feedback. Yeah. I love our listeners' feedback as well. There's a bit of um, a bit of correspondence we're getting through the SMS about one one section of the the whole debate, and Michael Lynch references it today in the article as well. In regards to the the meetings today and what the fans, the the active supporter groups, might request. We'll talk about that. I think mm. it's got something to do with where I'm going. So we'll talk about that with Carlos Alberto Diego after this. We're having a bit of discussion about the FFA's meetings today. Stephen Lowy with the chairman of all the 10 A-leg clubs, and David Gallup, and from what you were saying, Carlos, uh, Damien DeBowen popping in and out with the active support leaders of all 10 clubs as well today, and what might be going on behind closed doors. Love to be a fly on the wall. As we said, you mentioned before the break that um, self-policing should be something that is um, taken up by the active supporter groups particularly, and there should be some sort of system of of, um, reporting, I suppose, Mm, mm as to how things operate during your active area and have leadership and, and that type of thing and policing all that. And if there's an issue through through that group, then it's dealt with by leadership as opposed to, or the people in that area, as opposed to the authorities, whoever they might be in any given day. Well, I mean, what, what, it's reported by the leadership and they're working in, in concert with the, with the club yep. to do something about it. Okay, so, I'll take it further. Yep. I'll take it further. Now, this is quite radical, Carlos. But I'll, how, what about this? What about further to your policing? I'm glad you brought that up. Putting the absolute minimum authority at the venue. Minimum Mm. requirements. Whatever that is, I'm sure there's probably state legislation as to what the minimum requirements are for um, security, protection, and all that type of thing at at an event like an A-League game. Give them the absolute minimum and then see what happens. Mm. And see if the fans can look after themselves. Mm. See if the fans can behave themselves. See if they can police themselves. And deal with it that way, and then you get then you get an argument. Yeah, and then there won't be this Hadamoto group that um, it was referenced by Lynchy today, who, according to the website, um, provide the FFA with in-house security management support. Yep, it seems to be getting a few fans offside this group for the way they um, watch over the fan groups, the active supporter groups throughout the A-League games, and get history on them and yep. put put all the files together on these people, mm. which they certainly don't seem to like from mm. the feedback on the SMS today. So they're not there. Yep. So you police yourself. You behave yourself. If there's no issues, then happy days for everyone. But if there are, then we're bringing the heavies in. Yep. 
No, I, I like that idea half. I mean, ultimately, if the fan groups feel that they're treated like animals and they're treated uh, unfairly and there's scrutiny in, and the scrutiny breeds this resentment, uh, it's clear that there's resentment between the police and the fans. Okay, so something needs to be done there because it's got worse yep. by the sounds of things. So yeah, why not take them away? You know, I mean, there is a uh, obviously by, by way of legislation, there's probably one police officer to so many crowd members. Yeah, I'm sure there's some yeah, sort, there's some sort of formula that for that. Yeah. Give it a go, but the, and then put it on the leaders yeah, of the active yes, supporter groups yes. and put make it put their heads yep, on the block. Yep, and True. then and then deal. They want to make demands to the FFA, these blokes, yep. or whoever they might be. Well, then take some responsibility and accountability for your area of the supporter base. If, I think, if you're the yeah. leader of that group, that's a leader's job. I think the the big message we're getting from every group in the last couple of weeks is how much they love the game. They want to protect the game. It's all about the game. Well, if it's all about the game, the FFA have to do their bit and protect the fans and also make sure that they're treated justly. Yep. But also the fans have got to do everything they can to protect the image of the game. Because without those incidences, without the flares... The Rebecca Wilsons of this world, the Susie O'Briens of this world, the Alan Jones of this world can't write their articles. They can't say what they're saying. So it's the fans have got to now. I'm, I'm calling on the fans. Yep, I'm with you to to actually start taking responsibility. And I know it's not easy, but work with your clubs, formalise something, and start weeding out some of these people that are making. Uh, making the situation you know, escalate where there's resentment between the security and you need security there. You, you, you do need security. They've got to do their job. Yep. But fans are there for the love of the game and the love of their club. So uh, once you've got that, uh, I think we're on our way. Give them the bare minimum and let them deal with it themselves. Snappers in Port Phillip Bay. G'day, Snap. Afternoon, gents. How are we going? Good. That's good. Look, um, I, I hope both parties today reach an agreement. I mean... I was active support from Melbourne Heart, Melbourne City for the past five seasons. This year I'm not. I moved out um, simply back because my missus wants to come to the games more often and she wants to watch the games. So, and chanting and standing up isn't her, um, is basically isn't a part of her life. So she wants to sit down and watch the game, which we didn't bring But I've had the active lifestyle for five years in my blood and I've got to admit, look, the, the people that let it down are the people who want to be superheroes and I can categorically say that the Melbournians of Melbourne City have actually tried to weed out those people that want to cause trouble, but the problem is alcohol has a big effect, and when you're in front of your mates, you want to be superheroes, you want to look like a moncho man, so you start doing stupid things, and that's when the flares come into it. Yeah, but Snapper, you know, you know who those people are, don't you? Well, no, well, I don't know. No, no, no well, not now, but when you were there, you could point out those people. I mean, it wasn't such a big group there uh, with the Melburnians. I mean, you know, 500 people behind those goals, you know, if, if as a stretch. You could point out who they were. Uh, and you can't be – people can't be attacking the FFA with simp, uh, zero uh, tolerance, doing what they're doing, even though they're making mistakes. They've, and they've engaged this Hatamoto group who've, uh, who've obviously been given licence to, to, you know, there's breed, bred resentment from our fans. Uh, if you know who they are and a group of you just don't like it, there's no reason why you shouldn't be given a forum or a, a channel to be able to pass on that information to weed those people out. Well, well, that is correct. And, and I'll give you an instance. Two years ago when Melbourne Heart beat victory in the derby 4-0, flares got lit, lit off next to us, and the people that were standing next to us were my two friends, his mate and his girlfriend. She put a batter in before the game and got searched. Both of them got searched. During the game, she picked up the banner, and underneath the banner was a flare. And they picked out the wrong people. When I said to the security guard, it wasn't them. 
because the flare came from my right hand side, not my left. They go, well, she had a flare in her position. I said, well, you searched her and her bag before the game, so she obviously picked up the flare when she picked up her banner. And mind you, I had a little cover next to me, and they couldn't appeal. Now, if this appeal process goes through, they can appeal. They can use me as a witness and say, the flare got lit to my right-hand side and thrown over to our end. So how could she light it up? Well, that's where the appeal it? process will work, Snap. That's yep. that's what needs to happen. That's just pretty straightforward for mine. Uh, that's what needs to happen. That's where that will be a winner. Thank you, Snapper. Steve's in Doncaster. Hello, Steve. G'day, boys. I uh, love the show, uh, Daniel. Thank you. Um, I, for one, will not take my young son to an A-League game because... A lot of these people that go and buy tickets and are in the active supporter groups and all that sort of stuff, it's almost a license to be a moron. It seriously is. Like the amount of behaviour, the language, you know, I, I will not, I, I will not put my kids in, in that, in that situation. And you know, it's a shame because he loves watching, um, soccer or, or, or football. I mean, uh, how many people go to an AFL game and we don't get half of these problems? I mean, you know, lighting, lighting flares. It, 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 you, know, you know what should happen with the flares? The flares, if a person lights a flare, it's an automatic $5,000 fine to the club. And let the clubs police these blokes. I mean, when was the last time that, an, that um, AFL supporters marched down enclosed city streets in balaclavas and turned over a, a, a hotel or a pub? But this is the point that Carlos is making, Steve, that if there's more um, accountability from the supporter groups themselves, there's a formalised um, protocol and, and leadership structure, and they can police themselves, then this sort of stuff won't go on because they won't tolerate it. Because it, it's going to be their heads on the block. And half everyone agrees that it's a minority. So yeah. if it's yeah, a minority, right. well, the majority should actually... You know, take a hold and take some responsibility and actually protect their own game and protect their own group and the, and the reputation of their group. They've got to be working closely with the club and come up with a, some sort of formalised approach. That's, that's the answer to all this. I'm with you. Thank you, Steve, for your call. We'll get to a break. 25 to 2. Carlos is with us. There's uh, some Champions League action we need to talk about this morning, Carlos, and the ramifications mm. of what that might be. Uh, a lot of people very, very upset on social media this morning when I got the news of what was going on. A lot of happy people too. A lot of happy people as well. <laughs> and they were being very, very boisterous towards those people who are unhappy. Almost condescending, Carlos. <laughs> Almost very, very annoying. 21 to 2, Carlos Alberto Diego is with us. It's great to have him on board from the Four Diegos. They'll be back tonight, all four of them, from 11pm till midnight on Melbourne's home of Sport 1116 SEN. Now, Carlos, tell me about those people... <laughs> who were having a lot of fun with the Champions League results this morning. Why were they having fun? What were the results? Well, of course, uh, the one that uh, that actually probably reverberated around the world was Manchester United, uh, their 3-2 loss to um, Wolfsburg. And by the way, just an aside, Wolfsburg. Yeah, Wolfsburg is a German club. Uh, Wolfsburg actually, you know, uh, a few years ago, had a manager mm. who was born to coach that club. His name was Wolfgang Wolf. <laughs> I'm not joking. Google it you now. Are joking. Wolfgang Wolf once coached Wolfsburg in Wolfgang uh, in Germany. Wolf yep. coached anyway. Wolfsburg. Was he any good? Uh, I think he, yeah, and I think they were actually quite good under him for a while. So he had about a three or four year stint with them. So was he, he wasn't a bad manager. Was he hungry like that? Yeah, I'm not sure, mate. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, they beat uh, at home. They beat Manchester United three two, which knocked out. Man U uh, in the group stages of the Champions League, and they're now out of the competition. They've uh, been relegated to the Europa Cup, 
And uh, of course, that's a, the sort of the second rung. Is that uh, like we're kissing sisters there. Yeah, yeah, we're kissing a lot of sisters, yeah, <laughs> on, on a European level. European level, yeah, yes. that's right. So, uh, so they're out. So wow. there's, there's a lot of really, really sad United supporters around, and we know there's a lot of them out there. But there's a lot of happy, happy uh, Manchester City supporters and also Liverpool supporters. So were they only out because PSV got a late goal against yeah. uh, CSKA Moscow? That's right. Yeah, uh, it was literally PSV. Uh, they won, and uh, Manchester United lost, and that's why that's what knocked them out in the end. So Wolfsburg and PSV qualify from Group B. Uh, out of the other groups, Real Madrid, they won 8-0 against Malmo. Now, I've got a concern about the Malmo defence. <laughs> I know Real Madrid are quite yeah. good, but yep. 8 is a lot, Carlos, at yep. this level of play. Yep. This and isn't kissing sister stuff. Yeah, no. This is top tier. I know. That's this why I'm calling for the A-League to be included into the uh, uh, European Champions League. I reckon the worst thing you wonder is could keep yeah. Real Madrid to less than eight. I reckon. I reckon there'd be a few. But look, that Melbourne's there, uh, and they're not a bad side. They're actually a team that's done very, very well over the years Carlos, in that competition. But they, they had a bad night. Eight. Uh, they're, they're minus twenty in yeah. their goal differential. In scored their six one. Games. Yeah, scored one in six games, and they conceded twenty-one. Yeah, <laughs> so they haven't had a good tournament. That's for sure. Who's their defensive coach? There? Yeah, not sure. Not sure. But uh, Real Madrid's qualified there, and PSG, Paris Saint Germain, uh, qualified out of the Group A. And of course, we've got Group C. Uh, uh, Atletico uh, Madrid has uh, uh, qualified with Benfica there, and. Um, and also Manchester City and Juventus, even though Juventus lost 1-0 to Sevilla away from home overnight. Manchester City had a good win, 4-2 over Borussia Mönchengladbach, who beat Bayern Munich in the league. That was their first uh, loss in the Bundesliga, yeah, the Bundesliga too. The so not a bad side, yeah, uh, Mönchengladbach, but uh, they uh, have uh, qualified Manchester City and Juventus out of Group D. And of course, the Group E... Um, and the other groups are being played tomorrow. And, that and means uh yeah. Chelsea? Yes, yeah, Chelsea's it's Chelsea. interesting group G, isn't it? It is very interesting and uh it's all set up too. They're playing Porto tomorrow. All they need, Chelsea, is a draw to get through. Right. They reckon that Roman Abramovich has said to Jose Mourinho over a couple of Russian whiskies, <laughs> said to him, Listen, this is your last chance. You got beaten by Bournemouth on the weekend in the league. My cherries, how good are we? I know, away from home, great. Hey. Apparently the best win of their history, well, they're no calling doubt. it. I've jumped on board at the right time, I reckon. It is a club that was nearly extinct, extinct in, uh, in, sorry, in 2009. But anyway, Chelsea lost on the weekend. Apparently this is his last chance. He's got to get him through to the knockout stages to keep his job. Uh, they're playing a team that he coached to a lot of success in Porto, and all they need is a draw. And, of course, uh, Dino, Dinamo Kiev, uh, they, they need to win also. Well, they play Maccabi Tel Aviv. Yeah. No, they should beat they them. They should beat them. They should them. get the yep. three points there. Yep. And that means, that means, yeah, they could sneak in if Porto and Chelsea play a nil-all draw, a one-all yep. draw, and they score a couple. Oh, no, a draw is enough for Chelsea. No, but for Porto, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll uh, miss out. Oh, yeah. That, goal difference. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, that's fine. Is that, is that how it works? Uh, if it's a draw, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's so there's a something, yeah. What I'm saying is Dynamo Kiev have got something to play yeah. for. Absolutely. Even yeah. if there is a draw in that yeah. game. So the, some interesting uh, sort of interesting uh, uh, Champions League games uh, at the group stage is the last game. I was reading some tweets regards to United this morning and there seems to be a lot of um, unhappy people about the amount of money that they have spent on players to be playing Europa League and that Louis, mm. our man LVG, is not going that well and is under the enormous pressure. 
Well, they got booed on the weekend against West Ham, the nil-all draw. Apparently, you know, they have all the ball, they tackle all the time. They're just not scoring and winning games. And they're not playing that. I mean, Manchester United, uh, they like to think they've got a culture of flamboyant football, attacking football at home. They just run over the top of teams. Uh, But really, since uh, Alex Ferguson has gone, and even in the latest stints of uh, Alex Ferguson's reign there, I mean, they... They were, they were struggling. They're a team that's been struggling for a while now. Even under David Moyes, latter stages under Fergie too, in that last year in particular, and now under Louis van Gaal. It's a, it's, it's a long transition to be able to uh, you know, develop a squad and a team under the right coach when you've had so much success under the one guy uh, in, in Alex Ferguson. So this hasn't surprised me so much. And Louis van Gaal is a, is a disciplinarian. That's probably someone they thought was uh, was needed at the club, mm. but I don't know whether he's tapping into, you know, whether whether players feel feel that they're free to play their own natural games. They've got some good players in that squad, uh, just at the moment, just not playing attractive enough football. Did uh, Cristiano score four this morning? He scored four in just the eight nil. Yeah, just the four, and he's yeah. broke. Uh, uh, there's another record he's broken. I mean, this guy is just prolific. On the weekend, I mean, this guy is so, uh, you know, single-minded about his football that. Benzema scored, a, uh, his teammate scored a goal. He was, uh, Ronaldo was fouled. And while the team was That's celebrating, right. he was appeal- seen in appealing for the penalty. Right. From the, his team had scored. And he's, <laughs> this is how single-minded he is. He's not necessarily a team player. Selfish? A little bit. A little bit selfish. Yeah, if you watch his film... Uh, <laughs> no, I did see that. Yeah, I did yeah. laugh heartily yes, at that vision. Yeah. It was actually very interesting. The if goal could... was scored, yeah. and he's still appealing for the penalty. I know. Uh, yeah. And then he thought, oh, I'll, you know, bugger it, I'll go and celebrate with the guys. But it was an afterthought. There's probably a, a bonus yeah. uh, to the, attached yeah. to the number of goals he scores. I'm sure that's probably right. Yeah. Um, uh, Marcello in Tani wants to talk about the Bournemouth Bunnies, otherwise known as Chelsea. <laughs> Hello, Marcello. Hi, guys. Merry Christmas. And to you, pal. Yeah, it's not a very good year for us. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if, if, you tell you've us. You've enjoyed a lot of success over the years, Marcello. So don't uh, don't feel too bad. You'll be fine. Look, I, you know, I, I just a championship would be great for Chelsea. <laughs> Look, you know what I, I admire? It, it's such a knee jerk reaction by a lot of big clubs just to get rid of their managers. And you wonder about the value sometimes. And you've got to admire Roman Abramovich, even though he's done that before. He's stuck by Jose when he could have sacked him a few times already this season. And if he does sack him, I mean, people are now saying he's been given too much time. That's, that's how it's swung over in England. So the right time is to sack him if they don't qualify for the next stage of the, uh, of the Champions League. Uh, because I think he's still got enough time to to push up the ladder. He won't. I don't believe we'll get into the top four. And I think he's even said himself that he won't be getting into the top four. He'll be aiming for the top six or the top eight just to, you know, get something out of the season. But uh, I think someone who's got the track record he has has got to be given the respect to be able to finish the job this season, whatever that is. Whatever that is, uh, Marcello, you deserve better, mate. You deserve better than what they're dishing up at the moment, so I'm going to give you better. Volvo Life Paint, you're going to have a can of that, which is unbelievable, and two Bataki Christmas hams as well, available from Coles, Woolworths, and all IGAs, the mighty Bataki Christmas ham. We'll get to a break, Carlos. Plenty more to talk about the domestic front in the A-League on the on-the-pitch, Carlos, on-the-pitch, as opposed to off. We'll do that after this, 12-2. to 2. Carlos, plenty to talk about in the world of the A-League. Uh, just before we get into the pitch, uh, the the owners meeting with the, the chairman today, Stephen Lowy, do you reckon mm. there'll be calls for an independent body to run the A-League? Well, it seems like a few journos are writing about it. Uh, David Davidovich of the Herald Sun has been writing about it a bit, and, uh, and I just read a couple of other articles. And, uh, and you know, a lot of people are uh, moving towards that, and it, it, look, if if everything if the model works out well and the, the whole game's looked after, I have no problem with that. Especially 
given that the FFA have got so much to do. And people talk about how under-resourced they are. And this could be one of the reasons why they're mucking up, you know, with different things. I mean, it's something as simple as the shirt issue oh, on the weekend. Seriously. Really. I mean, I mean, just anyone who's not even played the game or had any do it do it game should never have got that wrong. So is it the lack of resources? Is it the fact that they just can't run the A-League properly? And I know uh, they had Archie Fraser. I think the, the boys who run home had Archie Fraser on the other day they talking did, yeah. about that from a bloke who's been on the inside. So I'm really open to that. But don't suddenly think this is going to fix everything. Uh, whenever it's a, 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 an independent A-League, they're going to be looking after two things, the owners and, and the an independent commission. Looking after winning games and having an affluent league, which means getting money in. Yep. Uh, the growth of the game is not on the agenda. Uh, looking after women's football is not on the agenda. Looking after the fans, not necessarily on the agenda, but obviously they know that it's an important part of the game. Let it grow their clubs. Yeah, and, and, and football in the community is not, an, not on the agenda. So if you think that, that the A-League clubs are suddenly going to look after the whole game, uh, that's not going to happen. But they could be the figurehead as a brand to bring everyone to the game and in the FFA and the state federations could to look after the growth of the game. Yeah, well, that's their job, yeah. surely. That's yeah. their charter. The, the A-League club's looking after the A-League. Yeah, but the, the problem with... they've got, got things, the feed of things they want yeah. to try and set up so their clubs become stronger. Yeah. But that shouldn't be the, the charter of the A-League. But yeah, but the problem we've got, though, half is, and that's what everyone recognises, even the state federations recognise that, but without the branding of uh, Victory and City in the community programs, uh, you're not going to get the buy-in if it's just an FFE program or an FFA program. You've got to get the buy-in and the branding of the A-League clubs and the players associated with that. But you could do that. You could link in. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's where the model has to be. But it's not always the case. Mm. You know, I've got to say that some clubs, have uh, because they've run their own commercial programs at uh, community level, they don't want to partner the state federations and the FFA. They want to do it alone. I don't think that's the best way to do it, no. Carlos. Uh, now, uh, any concerns? We chatted briefly on Monday about the the, the weekend's performances from the city and, and victory particularly. Uh, any concerns for victory from what you saw against the Phoenix game? Well, it was one of those games, he just as Kevin Musket said on uh, after the weekend, not even review it, just move on because it was just crap. Crap game, yep. crap uh, shirts, crap surface. We'll just move on this week. Got a massive game against West Sydney. Yeah, when when they're when they're averaging something like eighty percent completion rate on their passes, and suddenly that drops down to you know sixty to sixty five percent or whatever it is, uh, and it's something out of the blue, and you and you've got circumstances that have led to that, uh, you almost got to, you're too busy to be able to you know drilling too too deep into something like that. So yep. I think Kevin Musket's done the right thing. It's a big big huge game this week against West Sydney Wanderers. They're flying high. It's away from home. Victory now. Don't want to lose two in a row. Uh, I think it's a, it's probably one of the games of the season coming up. <laughs>